0: Welcome back to the Sustainable Stories podcast. Sustainable Stories is here to bring you the stories behind sustainability in our communities. From big to small, practical to theoretical, we're exploring the people and projects that are working to make our world a more sustainable, equitable, and healthy place to live. My name is Jenna Inglot, and I am your host today for the Sustainable Stories podcast. I'm coming to you from Blaine Lake, Saskatchewan, about an hour north of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And I have with me today Nap Gardner, who is what I would call a incredible community leader uh, from Northwest Saskatchewan. Um, and NAP and I got connected a number of years ago through some community renewable energy and energy efficiency projects in the Northwest region. And I, I visited the community of Isle of Cross and did some presentations to to youth and community members about um, energy and using less energy and, and renewable energy at the community scale. So that's how NAP and I Got connected, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear a little bit from Nap today. Um, he's just such an incredibly wise and incredibly um, passionate uh, leader in in the community, and I, I think we all have a lot to learn from Nap. So, welcome, Nap. Thanks for thanks for taking some time to chat with me today.
1: Thank you, Jenna. It's good to connect with you again. I uh, I remember when we did that symposium in Green Lake a couple of years ago, and um, I tried to introduce you, but <laughs> I saw I had never met you. I, I spoke to you on the phone, but I saw this picture of this this frost all over your face and your parka and your toque, and I thought, "What can I say about this lady? Oh, she's pretty cool." <laughs> <laughs> and, then I, and I and thought, okay, I I, um, I appreciate the um, uh, the outreach um, and to talk. I um, as you said, my name is Knapp Gardner. It's short for Napoleon. And I have to tell you that in, in, in Isle of Cross and on the west side, as we know it here from Green Lake to La Loche, um, Napoleon is a, a pretty popular name. Um, my mother told me the day that I was born, a few hours later, this gentleman walked in and popped his head into the, the hospital room and said, Tanshigua Beatrice, how are you, Beatrice? I said, I'm, I'm okay. Oh, you have a son. Yeah. You know, he'll be named Napoleon after his grandfather. He told my mother. So my mother probably had never hadn't thought yet about what to name me. And she decided, okay, I'll name him Napoleon. And then it was time being that we were brought up in the Catholic religion that, um, it was time to get baptized. I guess it must have been the day after. So my godfather was that gentleman that poked his head into that room and his name was Napoleon Johnson. So when (laughs) he said to my mother, he will be named after his grandfather, I thought it was a little bit selfish in him to suggest that perhaps that he might be a godfather and wanted his name to be passed on as well through me. So but um, the other interesting part of this is when you, when you go ac- across northern Saskatchewan, Napoleon is a pretty popular name. I hated it when I was going to high school in PA because it's just an odd name. And then, and then all these girls used to like it. I said, "Oh, well, your name is Napoleon? I said, okay. I, they, they convinced me that was really something to take forward, right? Anyway, that's a little story about the, 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 the renown of Napoleon Beyond Bonaparte, you know, I've always had that, that challenge of, of, of introductions. Of course, you can do a formal bio and all that stuff, but here's, here's, here's the, the sort of the, the, the bottom and the crust to all of this. Um, When I was a child, I, I was, I was taken in for whatever reason by my grandparents and raised me. And it was a significant sized family um, across the lake from here on Alacross Lake. And I learned over the course of that short period of time from when I was about four or five years old till I was 13, when I had to go to high school down south, it was about eight years, the whole notion of what I call Suin in Cree, it means Uh, being cognizant and understanding and helping of yourself. But at the same time, nagatimtuin is being cognizant and and being in touch with yourself. I I was raised um, at Sandy Point um, um, with a gardener family, uh, George, and Adelaide gardener, um, five miles northeast uh, from the community from the historic Métis community of Isle Cross. and um, I was really fortunate to have been raised on my grandparents because I saw the world from a generation or two um, more conditioned and wiser than most people so I I felt that as the years progressed that I needed to uh, be cognizant and understand and uh, extend myself to help not only our family but others in the community and I just turned 65 years old in November, and that's all I've been doing all my life, is just sort of adding on to the the whole notion of uh, what I said earlier um, in Cree, Nagatim Suin means taking care of yourself, and Nagatim Tuin means taking care of others and ensuring that they're okay. So that's my journey. That's all it's ever been
0: that's amazing. And, uh, that's, that's one thing I, I really, uh, really stuck with me from one of the very first times, uh, we met or or my, my first time in lacrosse. Um, I was there presenting with some colleagues and, and you, you had gifted us with the, with a box of fish. And, uh, I remember saying, Oh no, no, like that's too much. we, um, that's okay. We, you know, this is our job. This is what we're supposed to do. And, and I remember you, you saying that, um, the, the community of Allacross historically, that's, um, that has been what, what you do. And that's, that's what your role is when, when visitors come or people are passing through, um, you always leave them with something to, to go home with. And, and that was something that really, um stuck with me in terms of ha- how we all could be a little bit more like that in the sense that you know as visitors come or people pass through sending them home with something so um yeah i always learn so much from you anytime we chat nap so so that's great um I have a question for you because uh, this is audio and not video. Um, But where are you coming to us from today? Where where are you right now? And can you tell us a little bit more uh, about where you're at?
1: Sure. Um, I'm about five kilometers um, south of Isla Cross, Sakto uh, we call it the Lake. Um, I built a cabin here when I was just a young guy, and um, it's—I'm not sure if you've gone down the winter road, the access road to the ice road when you did come to visit us, but um, Islacross is situated on a peninsula. It was uh, geared and, and, and designed for the fur trade, so it sits on the, on, on the ideal location for canoes. And transportation back before we had airplanes and anything else, so for canoes and dog teams, because of the channels and and, and, and the uh, the distribution of of, uh, of water bodies. So I, I live. Um, we have a winter road that comes down from Highway 155 into the bush and then on the ice in the winter time. So I live right off that that bush road. I built a cabin there a long time ago, and that's where I'm coming to you from. I call. I tell people it's my bushman cave. <laughs> so they uh, they think I'm all pushed and all that stuff, and I say weird things. I do, but um, I, I manage to make it a bit more uh, self-sustaining and comfortable and uh, really easy in the sense that I don't struggle to, um, to, to get it heated up. I have propane backup. I have wood stoves. I have really nice, fancy... Um, uh, internet service from the community. We they, They've been forward enough and futuristic in their thinking to, to offer wireless service to people from around the, you know, the, the community that live in their cabins. Um, I have satellite television um, and I, I, I don't lack for anything. So because of COVID, I've been spending a lot of time working from here and um, I haven't, really thought about you know um you know telling christine to to leave yet because i see her every day every hour and all that stuff but I, I tell her it might come to that that i might get sick and tired of seeing you too much you might have to go somewhere else no i'm just teasing <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, we have our little bubble here right we go to town and get some stuff once in a while and um, um it's cool i i yeah, I'm coming to you from the shores of Lake Isle across, Um, and uh, I see the lights once in a while. And every once in a blue moon, the lights go uh, go out in the community. And how come our lights are still on? That's because we have solar, right? We got <laughs> these batteries. I got these I got these fancy batteries two years ago. These lithium-ion batteries I got from the states, and I'm just waiting for. Um, um a wind turbine system that I'm gonna to attach to that. So uh in the dark, dreary days of winter it'll be wind, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So and how That's- many how many you have a couple of solar panels you said and when did you put put those up and how many do you have on your cabin?
1: Oh no, I, I have um I have twelve uh two hundred and um thirty six or something like that watt um panels I got twelve of them. I use six in the summertime, and I use twelve in the winter because um, of the the um, sunlight is pretty skimpy. and um, if if, it, <laughs> if it's windy and dreary and snowy and all that for two, three days, I have to start at the power plant a little bit. But I mean, we're hoggish, right? we We're selfishly. I have a big television sitting on the wall in front of me, there's a television at the cabin. Um, I have running water. Um, I have a big screen that I use when I'm working on my um, on, on my laptop. Um, so it's not that I'm conserving energy. I just, you know, drain the heck out of those batteries. But the upside is they're lithium. You can throw them in your closet. It won't matter. Like it's, uh, you can yeah. drain them down to to zero. worry about watering them or anything? Yeah.
0: yeah, that's amazing. The technology has changed so much in the last number of years so will your so your you said your wind your wind turbine setup is is still some you're something you're currently working on when do you anticipate having your wind up and running
1: i had anticipated and have it having it set up about six years ago
0: <laughs>
1: i just uh, never got around to it. i just never got around to it because I was, here's the thing about what I did with solar. I, I, I was work. I was living in Prince Albert and I was hired by our leaders to do um, what they call a Northern action plan. And they said, We're, we'll give you a contract if you move home because you have to work from the North to do this work. So I moved back and um, I said, what am I going to do? I don't even have a house in town anymore. I, I, but I had this cabin, so I had to fix it up really quick and I, and I had been reading for years and years trying to understand solar energy. And I could never bring myself to really committing to it because there was so much that people had to say, so much that people did, and all of this technology, this words, this language, this perspectives, and all of these answers that everybody had uh, a perspective to or an angle to, and I thought, gee, it was just so complicated. And one day I decided, after talking to a cousin that lived uh, had a cabin just south of me, and he said, "Oh yeah, talk to Parker." What the hell is Parker? He's he's over at some freaking solar energy thingy in Saskatoon, and so that we can really teach you a lot. So I called Parker, and um, oh yeah, we can help you. You know the whole thing. So from there, the the commitment was made without really knowing that I made the commitment that I was going to do this, and I bought the system. And um, um, ever since, I've been growing it, and I realized that I've been missing out on wind, and uh, particularly uh, in the fall when the weather starts changing. There's a lot of wind. I'm facing – I live on a hill that's about almost 30 feet off the lakeshore and I face the community, which is north, Northwest. So there's a lot of wind that comes from that way. And I I thought, Oh my God, I better do this. So I I robbed Christine's bank account and I, I, um, (laughs) I ordered, I ordered some uh, wind energy and turbine material from, um, um, the best I could find was a place called Missouri wind and solar. Um, I think it was Springfield, Missouri, or something. And I've been following them on YouTube for a long time. And they just make it. They they don't have a, a manufacturer somewhere that they they buy from and they um and they and then they resell that stuff. They they make it there. Right. <laughs> like when I ordered it, yeah. a couple th- they said they were making it and they're going to ship it. You know, yeah. So that's that's sustainability and um. um I'm, I'm I'm fortunate to have a couple of sons. One's living in Lacrosse, so whenever he's back, I uh, I take advantage of that. And there's also a nephew that hangs around, so I take advantage of that too. So, and then you you begin to realize that as you get older, that there are other people that are more gifted in splitting and getting wood. <laughs> <laughs> this
0: is true. <laughs> that sounds really great. I'll keep that that advice in mind. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, Nap, you and I were chatting about this a little bit earlier, but um, you know, can you tell us a bit more about what you do? Uh, like, I know you said, you know, your your role, your life has really been dedicated to giving back to your community and and ensuring that um, you know your your community has what they need to to be happy and healthy and all of those good things, but can you, yeah, can you tell us a bit more about the work that you do in the community and some of the different roles that you have?
1: Yeah, the, the foundation pieces for me, as I mentioned earlier, um, extended to me being um, the mayor of Cross when I was a young lad for about eight years, close to eight years. So I learned uh, leadership, um, not only at the local, but uh, we, we established a, um, regional leadership uh, capacities in northern Saskatchewan. Uh, eventually I, I, I was um, fortunate enough to be the first president and chair of the Mississippi Broadcasting Corporation and I I ended up being the CEO there for a number of years and helped build a framework to whatever success we're achieving now. Um, I ended up as well sitting on um, on the board of the Aboriginal People's Television Network for for a number of years, and I, I was able to understand a different level of um, working with um, other um, groups and organizations across the country, from the Inuit to people in British Columbia to um, the depths in, in the woods of, of, of Quebec to um, to the Mi'kmaq in uh, in Nova Scotia. So that all of this richness and experience. I I put into the sack of of opportunity and I call it a hunting trip and I, and I bring it out. And a number of years later, our friend Rick Liberty from Boval, which is just South of us here, got himself elected as member of parliament. And I, he, he came over one day I was sitting on the shore of this very location and, um, he brought all this materials and I said, what do you want me to do with this stuff? Like, uh, you want me to go work with you in Ottawa? So I I went to work on the Hill in Ottawa for a number of years. And so all of these things kind of happened to me that now enables me to be um, what it is that I do. So when people talk about healthcare, I helped build a health region um, a number of years ago. When people talk about communications, I helped build Mississippi and I helped, Create the whole notion of Aboriginal television communications across this country. When people talk about leadership, I used to be a mayor, I used to be a part of a regional leadership initiative. If people talk about Ottawa, I used to be there. People talk about Hawaii, I work with people there to bring together a little bit of a bridging in a sense of how it is that we can find our way through this together with similar circumstances. So it's, you know, you ask me what I do now, it's all of that. In, in, in a pack sack that you pull out the pieces whenever you need them in that particular day. But my official paid job is um, what they call uh, um, a general manager, a CEO of Northwest Communities Management Company that used to be the Northwest Communities Wood Products. And uh, it's owned by seven of the larger Métis communities in Northwest Saskatchewan. And it's geared towards... Uh, influencing economic development, whether it's getting into business, assisting people into being inspired to get into business of some sort uh, in terms of training and um, the ability to enhance human resources to the reality of the economic development initiatives of the day or into the future. So if that makes sense, uh, yeah. that's what I do. I don't I volunteer... <laughs> well you know so yeah
0: i was just gonna say that i I like that you put it you know well here's my paid my paid job here's what my job is there's lots that you do outside of that i i i know that so that's uh that's great um and again we talked about this a little bit earlier nap but um you know, you were kind of talking about food security and these these food security initiatives. Um, and, and I know from, from my time uh, spent in Alacross that, uh, you know, there's a, a fish plant there. And, and just recently you had shared with me uh, some of this uh, new or uh, new to me information about having uh, growing wild rice in the Northwest region. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear a bit more about some of the different projects you guys are working on, and I definitely have some specific questions about the wild rice. But um, yeah, if you can just kind of share some of the different projects uh, like those ones, uh, and then I'll probably pick your brain about wild rice.
1: <laughs> okay. Um. At NWC, it it started a number of years ago with fiber, with wood fiber, meaning forestry. And then during the time that it was starting to re-engage, the the, the fiber industry, the wood industry, took a huge downturn. And I don't know if you remember this. I was working in Ottawa at the time, and um, uh, there were these these trade wars between the United States and Canada, particularly as a state suggesting that Canada was um, subsidizing the forest industry and the, and the states uh, responded with uh, a real heavy duty imposition of, of, um, of royalties and, and, and costs to export that material. So that never really went that far in terms of the region. So when I came in, I I, I had to look at the whole notion of what it is that, maybe we could do more realistically with less investment, but maximum uh, return. And uh, so we developed a management company. So it's the NWC management company that now is the face of of what used to be the wood products company. And um, so it, it enables us to be really flexible in terms of what we can do, what we want to do, how we want to do it, and how it is that we can support individuals and communities in the region to. To do what they have to do um so we as, as we first met we were doing a symposia um on indigenous tourism and alternative energy so we, we did two of them i think you were at the first one mm-hmm. and we did another one where we concentrated with uh in, in tourism so when you look at our region when you look at sustainability and responsibility and relationships and changing world and um the imposition of change on us um, we have to be able to sort of have a conversation uh, to create that opportunity for the future and um so uh, and we just finished a document at n w c offering the community as part of um we 're thinking a larger initiative in terms of food production and making it more regional, using that as a hub for learning into the other communities that are still really. Trying to look in the same direction, but may need some help from communities that are a little bit more advanced in their perspective, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember when you were here last time when we did that. There, there's a greenhouse um, attached to the high school in all across, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. the Paul Martin the Paul Martin Foundation did that, and so I'm just trying to get them to recognize how they can pull all of those resources together and make something even more beautiful so everybody can learn and mm-hmm. and people can really begin to understand what sustainability really is you know money tech to mas como digo my watch connects commerce mm-hmm. out those tasks come uh showing that way you piego a noiga scriptoma que piego a torchvision or maga yakamimun uh, so I, I just want to say thank you. I know I know that uh, we have some challenges that we're facing, but at the same time, I think a lot of us are learning to continue to be courageous to find a path of the future, if nothing else they'll be marked f- for our children and our grandchildren to pick up and continue to find the ways to, to a healthy and, uh, and sustainable future for, for all of us on this planet. So I uh, thank you for your work, Jenna, and um, we'll meet again or talk again sometime.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm sure we will. And I would love to be able to come up. I mean, COVID is making things a little tricky for for traveling and visiting but i i've said this years in the past but i would love to make it up to isle lacrosse again in the winter time and and maybe do some fishing and and do some visiting which would be great as well so
1: you know um i know I you know you got to go but there's a little story that we have with um we're trying to find people to help us market our wild, wild rice and our friend roberta said why don't you get chef jenny Chef Jenny, who's Chef Jenny? Chef Jenny knows your, knows your kids and she grew up with them in Laurent and to run NBC there. So, oh, okay, whatever. I, I knew his father more through my uncle working with his father. So, I said, okay. So I phoned my uncle. I said, you know these kids? Oh, yeah, that's Mixed Daughters. She's a chef. Um, I think her name was Jenny Lassard. Um, and uh, she's the executive consulting chef on and She does all kinds of things and um she's a metis lady and um you said nap i've never been to the west side that means you haven't lived chef if you have not been to the west side if you haven't been to all across green lake anywhere you haven't lived in the world of metis so we're we're we're, we're like, like i mentioned to her if you're interested we, we can do a tour where um you can share people in terms of the non-timber forest products and the food off the ground on the land, wild rice and the fish at the other Cross Fish Company. And we do maybe three communities and we show them this 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 I don't know what it is, man, this this abundance that's right under your feet. And uh here it is as simple as I can make it for you. And it's so tasty and beautiful and all that. And we're sharing it with our community. So um, so I, I know you like winter and um, <laughs> I, I think commercial fishing will start again um, maybe early January. COVID kind of, kind of ran, out, ran that aside as well. So mm-hmm. if you wanted to go commercial fishing and get some fish from the real harvesters, short-circuit the system (laughs) you can do it you know
0: yeah (laughs) well I would sure love to just yeah be back and and I agree I mean I I'd only visited Isle across the one time but um it was amazing being there just for a a few short days and feeling uh, very connected to the place and very welcomed by, by yourself and by all the people that I met so um, would definitely love to, to make a trip back and visit again and um, do some fishing and maybe tour the, the rice facility and learn some things and yeah that would be great Take care, thank you Thanks Nat, we'll talk to you soon mm. Bye Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Sustainable Stories podcast. This podcast is hosted by myself, Jenna Inglot, and the lovely Roxanne Wagner from Sage Sustainable Solutions Consulting. For a full list of past episodes, as well as our schedule for upcoming episodes, check us out online at sagesustainable.com. And as always, we welcome your feedback, thoughts, and suggestions. Catch you next time.